Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in here on another episode of Bischoff and Brown right here on the Detroit Lions Podcast. He's Scott Bischoff. I'm Russ Brown. We're back biting our tongues on a Tuesday night after New Year's Eve. Salty. Yeah, it's we're salty, man. Um, but Scott, how the hell are you? I am I'm doing well. Um we're gonna do our best to ignore for the most part the big topic that everybody's talking about because by the time you guys see this. I don't think anybody's going to want to be talking about it anymore, but we are going to hit on it. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, I'm good. Um, fresh out the shower here, ready to do this show. Just got the workout in, so feeling good. But um, yeah, I mean, st- I'm still I'm still salty. Um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, maybe you were on vacation with the holiday. Maybe you didn't see it. Maybe you were living under a rock. I don't know. But Lions losing to the Cowboys 20-19 to in Dallas. And... Uh, we all hate Brad Allen. I mean, it just this guy is a I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's every game he's he's ever refed for the Lions, they're 0 and 6 in. Um there's a you know, there's a lot to it. It's not his full-time job. He's a CEO of a nonprofit. Um it's just weird. It's weird that you go to Dallas and for as mediocre as Dallas played and as for up and down as Detroit played. And really, I don't even think it was more so the play. I think it was the play calling in the red zone for Detroit in this game. Um, but to, to have them on the ropes the way that they did and then have the game in their hands at 21 to 20, um, and then for the game to be kind of taken away from them because of an eligible an, an ineligible receiver in Taylor Decker because he, quote unquote, did not report, Dan Skipper did, um, it's just, it's mind boggling and it's the talk of the town because it's going to be a new rule in the NFL that gets changed because of our team. And it's frustrating. It's just frustrating. Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's a very gentle way to put it. <laughs> it is, uh, did I go the uncensored version? <laughs> I mean, I, mother. <laughs> yeah. It's it's impact. I mean, it's impact. It impacts not just the Lions, but it impacts other teams. Significant playoff se- uh, seeding. There's a lot of things at play there, and you know the whole the whole NFL ref conversation is something you, you you know we all could go back and forth on forever. But the idea that they can't manage to bring a group of people in as employees and you know, monitor their status as employees and that they just kind of force this as this is just, this is good enough. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, it's not, there's, there's, a, I mean, you know, think about, think about your, your Campbell and company and you put together this play that you work on the entire, however long they've been working on this play and it works and you do everything you're supposed to do and it's still not good enough. Like that would be, That'd be hard. That that'd be a tough pill to swallow. Like we did everything we were supposed to do, and we beat this team on the road. And oh, by the way, if I know this is this is 
a little bit aside from things, but the idea, uh, if anybody watched last week, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of faith that the Lions were going to win this game. The Lions did not play well Sunday. Some of that's because they were on the road in Dallas. And Dallas, had, Dallas was scoring you know 40 points a game. I don't think they'd lost in two years at home in that range. Yeah. Uh, tough place to play. And you beat them. I know, I know they lost uh, technically, but you know, I'm taking some comfort in the idea that they beat this team while not playing overly well and, and making a lot of mistakes of, of their own um, and feeling relatively comfortable. Like, yeah, it sucks to have to go back there in the second round. I hope, and, and I'm not, I'm not look overlooking round one of the playoffs either because that's going to be a tough matchup no matter who it is. And we'll get into that. Yeah. But you know the idea of the idea that the Lions could do could play the way they did on Sunday and beat Dallas for all intents and purposes. Um, yes, it got taken away, but but I don't think they're I don't think that we should be as fans thinking that traveling to De- and I, I know I know I was on the opposite side of this a week ago, but it was just like okay, this is it's different than I think. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it it gave me a little bit of okay, they'll be okay even if they do have to travel. They can beat this team. They can beat Dallas. Yeah. And, you know, so that was a, it's a, it was a good thing to recognize and to see them play the way they did and, and effectively win that game. But, um, how, how far in the weeds do you want to go on this rule and this, all this bullshit, or do you just want to generalize it and move on? <laughs> I mean, personally, I, I we can go, however, I, you know, I, you know me, I'm never a script guy. I like to just come in and have organic and genuine conversation. Uh, that's just how I do every show, whether it's radio or this or whatever. But when I look at it, um, just from the rule standpoint, like I was telling you pre-show, I, I just don't understand like where the disconnect is other than the fact that Brad Allen made a mistake. And I, I understand referees make mistakes, completely understand, hey, you, you missed the holding call or you called holding or pass interference and it wasn't that completely understand i'm not perfect at my day job you're not perfect at your day job we're not perfect at our day job but you know you you do a consistent job for the most part but we're also not in like these critical time crunching decisions that have hundreds of millions of eyes watching on our product on a daily basis on a weekly basis and the fact and you mentioned it the fact that these guys are not full-time employees is still kind of mind-boggling and like when you do the math there's seven officials in college football, seven officials in an NFL game. There's five in the high school level. Take it the NFL, for example, seven officials in a game. It's not like you need seven officials for every team. You need 16 games per week, seven officials, the same officials, rotate it, however you got to do it. Give them all a base salary. Give the, the veteran guys a little bump. In total, you probably need 15 to $20 million. And I know that's not you know, chump change for anybody in this world, but it's the NFL. It's a multi-billion dollar business. They have the money to pay these guys $100,000 salaries, benefits, the, the works. They it's, can, not, it's hysterical, the idea that they think they don't. Right. It's and it's like, like this, it's this notion of like, oh, I can't bring this guy in full time. You could bring guys in that work in the college ranks, like a minor league system and work their way up into the NFL. And like, you could create a whole system and they don't. And we talk about Brad Allen. He's a CEO of a nonprofit, not his full-time gig. Sure, he makes a mistake, but it wasn't like it was a time down. It was an untimed down on a two-point conversion. Yeah, and the problem, it's a mistake, yeah. 
and I think he got, I really do think he got confused mm -hmm. um, with who was reporting and who wasn't and got confused post-snap because he couldn't really figure out what happened. Yeah. But it's more that we are now two, three days after and and they're still dug in on their on this stance that the lions did the dis, the deception concept of stop right um and the idea that it was the lions it's up to the lions to make sure the the officials make their call correctly and dan campbell didn't have a timeout right so when you hear him say number 70 reported as eligible what what are you going to do if you're the Lions. Yeah. You got to run on the field. And if he's down on the sideline, as far down as he can go, because I mean, we've seen guys like Sean McVay and Bill Belichick and the list goes on. Every NFL head coach is damn near on the goal line calling timeouts. Yeah. He was all the way down there and they ignored him. I mean, what, what the hell is the guy supposed to do? You know what I mean? But there's literally nothing the Lions could do there. Nothing. Right. Furthermore, the, you watch the video and it's like, I was saying this to my dad and he, you know, he watches the show. So shout out to my dad, but, uh, I did. <laughs> I did. Um, but like you, you look at this video, this up angle sky view of the, of the call or whatever you see Panay Sewell and Taylor Decker moments before Jared Goff got told by Taylor Decker to go talk to Brad Allen and report yourself as eligible. Dan Skipper's running onto the field. And it's just like, I watch film as a Joe Schmo. These guys are NFL refs making decent money calling these games, deciding teams' fates. You would think that they would know throughout the course of time. And Brad Allen's been around. It's not like he hasn't just shown up. Like It's not his first day on the job. He's been doing this for a long time. You have had, and I said this in the pre-show, Taylor Decker uh, has caught a touchdown pass during his line career. He, how can he only do that as tackle over or tackle eligible? Yeah. Dan Skipper's been running it constantly this year i've shown clips of it on my x or twitter page we've talked about it on this show him being a fullback for one panay sewell his first year in the league caught a pass for the lions it's like it's not like it's the first time that the lions have done something like this but then furthermore the fact that dan campbell comes out and says we meet before the game i go i, I draw the plays out for him i didn't even know that was a thing the fact that that's a thing is mind-boggling to me because to me it's like okay if you meet with if Detroit meets with the ref first and goes, hey, this is my trick play, and then that guy goes to Dallas and says, hey, here's their trick play. I mean, what's the communication like after that? Because to me, I don't think that's fair. Like, football's a game of chess, and it loses its element if that's the way we're going to play football. And that's what's, I think, messing with my mind because I love the chess game that it is. That's what yes. I love. And the whole the, the argument about deception and stuff, it's like, Okay, every offensive play you run is about deception. Yeah. Right? You disguise your coverages because you're trying to deceive the offense and, and yeah. mess with the court. There's, But that, that whole argument is, to me, it's just like, this is the NFL doing uh, stupid things, like really dumb things. I don't think they should be messing with this this particular play anymore. No. You hear me? Like, uh, and there was there was just a, a video they put out over the last hour or so, which is going to really, really piss off Lions fans um, because it uses a couple of clips from this game as reasons. Uh, like, this is the mistakes that were made. 
and these are the things that you have to do. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't fix the problem. If right. Taylor Decker goes over to Brad Allen and says, I am reporting eligible, and Brad Allen confuses him for Dan Skipper and then enforces that, right? There's nothing the Lions can do about it. Yeah. And by all accounts, that's exactly what happened. Um, I do think that Brad Allen got confused as to where Dan Skipper did line up in that in that particular play because he lined up as the right tackle. Mm-hmm. And Sewell lined up as effectively a tight end. And then I, th- I want to say Laporta lined up outside Sewell um, as a second tight end, I think. I could be wrong about that. But I know... I think he was. Um, Glasgow was in his normal spot. Ragnar was in his normal spot. And Jonah Jackson and, and Decker were, were where they were. And effectively, Taylor Decker was a tight end. Doesn't really matter where the ball is snapped because he was mm-hmm. uncovered. And I just, you know, there's no way... And, it, and this is, I guess this is where I'm a little stuck with some of this stuff is the NFL keeps uh, using the Dan Skipper lined up in, in an ineligible spot after he told me he was eligible. And it's like, okay, he didn't. And if that's the only thing, yeah, I, I, by, by, I'm trusting what the Lions have said. Um, yeah. So we can't say nothing else matters because Dan Skipper was ineligible. And I'm sorry, because Dan Skipper lined up in an ineligible place after declaring himself to be eligible. So that's an illegal formation penalty. Okay, Mm -hmm. if that's the case, then the flag has to come out the minute the ball is snapped and it didn't. Right? Um, So I'm not buying that whole argument. And And then it's like the whole thing falls apart and I don't think they should be continuing to kind of rubbed Lions fans' nose in it just because it's not going to go well for them. Yeah. This is a losing this is a losing thing for the NFL. They need to apologize and figure out a way to fix it going forward. Um but it's a huge thing. I mean the Lions lose to me the Lions lose the status of t- of being a two seed. And um man I said we were going to talk a lot about this. But we're really talking a lot about this. It sucks. Um we obviously have to move on from it, and the, the Lions are going to do that. You know, maybe maybe there's a chip on their shoulder kind of thing. Maybe, you like know, it. I mean, things have happened in the past in sports where in the moment you think it sucks, but it turns out to be a blessing, right? So, um, you know, I mean, I like the idea of not having to go outdoors, you know, in, in wet and cold, windy stuff. At all. At More all. More than likely. Yes. I mean, so... So the positive there is that, you know, obviously, again, you have to handle your business in the first round of the playoffs, but then you have to go to Dallas and you just, we saw what they did there. And, uh, you know, the nice scenario is you handle your business and you can beat any of these teams. And I think that that's where we all have to kind of get comfortable with this and myself included. The idea that the Lions should be a feared team in the playoffs, it's very real. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think Dallas would wa- would be comfortable with the Lions coming back into town. I really don't. No. They're going to have to call extra security for that game. <laughs> it's it's going to be crazy. And then, you know, in a, in a great situation, you travel to San Francisco, and that's not a bad place for Jared Goff to have to play. Yeah. It's just not. So, um, well, you know, think, so think- let's get into how, what did you think the Lions look like on offense and defense in that matchup? Yeah, and I, that's what I was going to get to 
as well. It's, you know, I, I thought we looked very similar to the Cowboys, other than the fact that they have CeeDee Lamb and we don't, we didn't have an answer for CeeDee Lamb. And outside of CeeDee Lamb, they don't have much. Like offensively, they struggled at times. They couldn't get the ground game going. Um, and, you know, defensively, it was the best our defense had looked it, maybe all season. I mean, since yeah. at least early on in the season. And, Agreed. Um, you know, and we're going to talk about it in the play of the week powered by Restore here in a little bit. But like, just looking at it, it's like, I thought offensively, we got a little lackluster play calling down in the red zone. And I don't know if it's like, the, if it's just faster defenses give Brad Johnson a hard time or these big moments give him a hard time. But I, I just, I don't know. There were times where like we would go away from running the football and start trying to air it out down in the red zone. And then times where we would get away from airing it out when we were beating them and gashing them through the air. And then, you know, two consecutive run plays that got nowhere. Um, yeah. It was a rough day for Laporta as far as blocking goes. Yeah. Yeah. We missed a lot of those like split zone blocks. Those are hard though. And I, and it, it's like, that was, that was one of the things that stood out to me as they were in a variety of ways. They were asking, like they were, uh, the idea of leaving Demarcus Lawrence unblocked and yeah. asking somebody to come across the formation just pick, I just pick him up. <laughs> Sorry, no, that's yeah. that's really not an easy block to make. But I think I thought they got cute in their running game. Like there were moments in the running game when they just blew that they blew the Cowboys off the ball and were effective doing it. And then and then they kind of did some of that. Let's you know, let's uh, bring a tight end across the formation and ask him to pick up one of these guys. That's right. that's a problem. That's a that's a that's a tough assignment. So I'm with you. I think uh, I think Ben Johnson did not have great. Uh, he didn't have a great calling day calling plays. Yeah. And he's you know it's been a rough little while for him. But you know um, I like the fact that they aired it. That was a nice throw from from Goff to JMO. Was, yeah. That was a nice. You know I don't. It's an incredible throw for him taking that pressure and getting smoked like that and making yeah. that throw. Uh, and they made plays when they needed to. The drive was the drive to to essentially kind of win the game was pretty awesome. It was a you great know, drive. It, it was, you know, and Gibbs looked really good at times. Yep. Uh, they looked really good when they just wanted to go straight forward, running the ball, just go. Yep. You know, so. But I'm with you on the defense. The defense looked really, really good. There were moments where they looked like they like Dallas had no answers for them. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you take away the uh, Let's get into the the um the long. Did I say Debo a second ago? No, you said okay. I, I knew where you're going. The little <laughs> 92 yard touchdown pass. Yes. So Derek Barnes, that play. It's a weird play. It should be a safety. It's a nine point swing. Um, I know C.D. Lamb had a great day, but if you take away that play, yeah, he tore him apart a little bit, but not not so much like you think that. Like it, he was completely unstoppable. Not like the stat sheet says. I get yeah, you know, right. Yeah. So, but the Barnes thing—it's really weird. There, like it's—it's it's like you know, and and you know, he made a mistake or whatever it is. But that should have been a safety. Um, he's a really good tackler. I don't know. He's a very physical player. He's a very good tackler, and it did just seemed in that moment, like, dude, you have you got a you got a right arm there, buddy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. But didn't it feel like he like almost froze up, like he was afraid to get penalized or something? Like it, it kind of felt that way after it I did. watched the play over. Like, it did. yes, because he he has never shown 
like the the tendency or that type of tackling where he like gets in there and then like whoa like freezes up and and yeah. kind of backs off like it was just odd and i think he was thinking in his head like oh i'm going to get penalized if i hit dak too hard and i think i think or that maybe i thought it was possible that he thought dak didn't have the ball like he he almost kind of just kind of you know like he got there and if he just uses his right arm to wrap him up it's a it's a sack and yeah. it was almost like he just didn't want to touch it. It was really weird. You know? Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. I didn't think about it like that. And I, yeah, I I don't know. That one was a head scratcher because it was like, how does Lamb get this far open? How can yeah. nobody, how, where, where is our defensive back help? And I understand why if we didn't have the personnel out there, uh, I mean, it, look, they were on their own eight. I wouldn't have had a, a dime package out there either. So like you, you, you just kind of run with the, the, the tendencies of what football is all about. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that with the additions of Aleem McNeil coming back as they wave Isaiah Bugs today and Chauncey yeah. Gardner-Johnson for the playoffs, that these guys will be back and that will limit some of this stuff where, you know, we see a 92-yard catch. Not saying that Aleem McNeil is going to drop in coverage, but you get my point. You, you know, I think for sure. And, and, and you and I, like, you know, just as coaches, right? We would say... We would say uh, 10 times out of 10, we would take that exact scenario and we would take it. Yeah, CD single covered, but, you, but you've got a free runner at the mm-hmm. quarterback. Yeah, you, you just take that and you expect your guys to make plays. Again, another, let's just take the positive out of that and say, you know, that's not happening again. That, that kind of thing isn't going to happen again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just another positive in the Lions column there where you think, okay, it's a huge play. It's a, you know, 90 plus yard touchdown. It's a nine point swing. You know, um, I don't know. I just, I, I thought there was a lot to be hopeful about in, in that, um, obviously in that loss, but, um, you know, just a weird, it was a weird game. It really was. Yeah. Goff did not play good. He had moments where he looked really rough. Yeah. Uh, you said it. I mean, Laporta was Laporta was kind of quiet for the first three quarters, mm-hmm. and then he kind of exploded in the fourth quarter. Yep. Uh, Amon Ra does his thing. I, yep. you know, I think they had, I think JMO was targeted three times in that game. I know I'm a hundred percent sure, certain they did that because they didn't want Goff facing the kind of pressure that they thought he would see if they if he held on the ball for a long time. Um, but. What'd you think about the Lions offensive line? I don't think they had a very good day. No, I mean, I, I haven't watched the all 22 uh, yet. It, it felt like at certain moments they had some, some really good blocking, um, you know, down in the red zone. There were, there were times that they'd have a, a great, you know, play executed, but yeah, no, there was just times where there was, there was pressure and that speed yeah. and the, the heavy blitzes. Um, it, it got to golf at times. And I know he only got sacked one time in this game, but the two picks, um, both of them just kind of weird. The one was a wide receiver screen, and it was like perfectly timed. And I'm he like, did it again, didn't he? He prayed yeah. it Herman where he was going with the ball. Yeah, yeah. and that's what it, that's what it was. And we we talked about this several weeks ago. Like he is predetermining his read before letting it develop. Like the the backside screen that he had to Gibbs for a loss of six a couple weeks ago in uh, Chicago. He had St. Brown wide open and he had all day to set and drive the throw and he doesn't. Yeah. So he's got to get away from that and, and trust 
his athletic ability that is limited, no doubt, but trust his knowledge and athleticism to make plays off script and extend plays beyond the pocket. And he can do it every now and again. And when he does, those big plays are going to happen. So I think he's close to to kind of turning it back on. I I think the offensive line is just banged up. I think that, you know, if I were them, I'd be going to Dalvin Cook today. He got released today. I'd be, here's $4 million. You're running every single play on Sunday against your former team. Like, I'm not starting anybody against the Vikings as we get ready for a Vikings. I hear you. I, I, you know, Craig Reynolds could be in store for a huge game. Yeah. Um, so sort the golf yeah. experience was interesting. Like uh, the fourth down play to, that he missed Laporte on. Um, that is a that is a really good example of the frustration of Goff's game. So he drifts he drifts off of his spot to to the left where all the pressure is, and be and he brings all that kind of pressure onto himself, and then he's got to make this kind of sidearm perfect throw to Laporta who's not quite open yet mm-hmm. and if he and if instead of drifting left if Goff just steps forward just you know a yard just steps up climbs the pocket a little and gives Laporta a little time to run it's an easy throw it's an easy touchdown right. but he kind of puts himself into a dangerous place by drifting into pressure and then he's going to make a perfect throw and it's like that is a little bit frustrating um from just uh, that's the golf kind of experience and the picks and some of that stuff, but he drives them down the field, you know, with no time left on the clock, really. Yeah, and, yeah. and wins the game. You know, um, frustrating loss shouldn't have been a loss. Lions mm-hmm. did not play a great game, but they're good enough uh, and talented enough, and they're playing well enough, I guess, to be able to go on the road and beat a team like Dallas. It's impressive. And it yes. just requires a I think it just requires a kind of a different headspace than any of us are capable of right now. <laughs> like right. you know, uh, and and I will say credit to him, you know, we we I'm not saying we're bashing him. We're not. No. But credit to him on that last drive because he threw a pick in the previous drive with just over two minutes to go. And then he drives 75 yards in just over a minute yeah. to tie, you know, essentially tie the game up. I, I will say, I was a little surprised, and I, I don't want to rip Dan Campbell because he's been going through it, through the, yeah. the national media and stuff and the local yeah. media. But I never would have guessed that when they moved him back the five yards after this, the two-point conversion, I thought for sure he was kicking it. And the fact that he went for it again, I go, this guy's a nut job. Like, what are we doing? Like, I love- I, see, I get it. I, I I don't think um, it's hard. Uh, the only thing that I would say about that thing is is I think they wanted the game to be over. And right. taking it to overtime, I think they felt was likely a losing proposition. For, I mean, it's like, okay, we lose the coin toss. And if we lose the coin toss, we lose the game. Right? So let's just go for it here. And it yeah. sounds like he made some, you know, and this is what I think, this is where I think players love playing for him. He told the offense, we're driving down the field, we're going for two, and we're winning the game. And he lived up to those words. Now, would yeah. he have gone for two if they moved it back to the 15? No. 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 Right. Or whatever. But still, it was from the seven. 
Um, I think Goff threw a pick on that play too, but they were offsides. Yep. Do I have that right? Yep. And then right. the pass to uh, Mitchell, that was not a good throw. Um, no. You know, he so. Rushed it. Yep. Yeah, he did. But, you know, I think that uh, from this point, it's just yeah, everything in the, everything that's in the rearview mirror is in the rearview mirror. And we have we have a week 18 matchup that um, we're going to get into after we after we do our uh, our plays of the week. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a weird one because I think they're going to sit players that, you know, they're going to they're going to sit some guys for. You know, I don't. I mean, I don't know how much golf is going to play. I don't know how much the running backs are going to play, or any of these guys. Um, so it's going to be a strange week. But you know, um, we'll we'll get into that after we uh, get into our plays of the week. What's yours? Uh, well, let's take it. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As as he's alluding to, I, I got to tell you guys about Restore Hyper Wellness. Maybe you're an athlete. You have kids that are athletes, or you're just trying to get back in the gym, such as myself, and maybe you're just not recovering the way that you used to. Used to. Well, I've, I've got a solution for you. You just got to go check out Restore Hyper Wellness here in Northville or Birmingham, Michigan. Um, my son and I, we both go. My wife goes. Uh, we all love it. He's a three-sport athlete. I'm in the gym three to four times a week. My wife's in the gym three to four times a week. We're all trying to make our bodies right. Uh, by visiting Restore. They've got everything you need from compressions to cryotherapy, even specialty services such as IV drip therapy, um, and just a ton of great stuff that you and your family and your friends can take advantage of. I know the holidays are kind of behind us, but um, you guys can go and get gift cards and all of that great stuff. They got a ton of holiday offers still right now. So go check them out. Get a family member, a friend, even yourself, uh, the service that you need to restore your body. Tell them I sent you from the Detroit Lions podcast so they can take care of you and you can get back to doing more of what you love. Don't wait around. Go check out Restore Hyper Wellness now. You can also check them out at restore.com. So yeah, my play of the week, very simple. Um, you're going to take a, a different defensive player. I'm going to take one that just has kind of been on a roll and has started to fill the void uh, at the safety position that we needed. I mean, Brian Branch, very good rookie season, not necessarily playing the same way he did earlier in the year. I think there's some hesitation with his game due to the injuries um, that he's probably sustained during his rookie year, especially with his lower body. We know about Gardner Johnson. He's been out. Tracy Walker's been probably done here. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, they just waved Isaiah Bugs during the season. They're giving Tracy Walker the benefit of the doubt, but my assumption is either he's going to have to re- renegotiate or he's going to be gone, but they've needed somebody to step up. Um, Kirby Joseph can only do so much as the single high safety trying to guard the post and in a, in a, a deep fade going his way. He's trying the best he can, but uh, Mel Fonwu does a great job early in the game, gets a pick against Dak And I think it throws some hesitation to Dak early in this game because we've talked about rhythm with golf. Golf has to get in rhythm. A few weeks ago against the Bears, wasn't in rhythm. Dak played very well. The Cowboys played very well. But like I mentioned earlier, without CeeDee Lamb, I don't know if they would have put 20 points up on the Lions. And I think what prevented it was this early interception. It kind of caused some hesitation for Dak. Um, And and Melifon just makes a terrific read who... The ball was going to C.D. Lamb. He jumps the route, and he picks it off, and he gives the ball back early in the game to Detroit. And sure, five plays later, Detroit punts the football. But it was one of those where it's like, you got a stop early in the game. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. If Detroit can get some early stops, and it allows their offense to get in some rhythm later in the game, because 
if the offense is expected to come in and just ball out right away, that's wrong. Like they shouldn't, they, they, they might struggle too from time to time. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Sure. So this, this forced Dak to kind of, whoa, I got to watch for this guy. And if, if Melifon was on the same side as Lamb, I might hold it for a second or two longer. And it leads us into, you know, our next player, which you're going to talk about. So yeah, I'm going to go play of the week, Melifon who's pick. So I'm going to talk about, uh, and there, we could have, you know, just like the, all these other games, there's a, there's a bunch of places you could go, but there's uh, the, one of Aiden Hutchinson's sacks in the game comes at like the 238 mark of the fourth quarter. Huge play. The Lions desperately need the ball back. And it's, you know, we have been looking for him to get into a one-on-one scenario with a with a tackle that he's that he should be able to to win against. And up against Terrence Steele in this matchup, one-on-one, he can. So, uh, you know, with with all these elite pass rushers, everything they do is sort of developed off of uh, everything looks the same. It's supposed to look the same. Mm -hmm. So the first couple steps should be the same no no matter whether you're going outside or inside or any of that stuff. And it keeps the tackle guessing. So Steele oversets because it's Hutchinson and he's worried about getting beat, you know, around the corner and Hutchinson gets him to overset a touch and he pulls off that spin move that he's been doing all year back inside. And it's just like, it just looks so easy and so effortless the way he makes that look. And it was one of the things I think that, you know, uh, watching his game in college and seeing, seeing it develop. And he had the two hand, like the, you know, the scissor swipe kind of thing. Um, the two hand, swipe that he always used to do back inside or or the one hand uh swipe that he does he's really good at that yep. but this but the spin move is different because it's just it takes longer to set up but i think it's a little more dangerous um it's not something that you want to pull off all the time mm-hmm. right because guards are going to start they're going to they're going to see it and at some point in time a guard's going to put the crown of his helmet <laughs> under under uh, Hutchinson's face mask, and to light him up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in this particular situation, he's one-on-one, and he pulls off the spin move, goes back inside, and he's right there for, the uh, you know, a super easy-looking sack, and it's just a huge play. And it leads mm-hmm. to a punt. Lions get the ball back and drive down the field and score. Uh, but it's great because it's nice to see him produce one-on-one in scenarios where he should win. And this yeah. one looks super easy. I mean, it just looks like, I don't know how you defend that. Like, good luck. You know, yep. and this is this is exactly why they're they're giving two blockers um, to Hutchinson because he's so hard. He's hard to uh, to it, he's hard to block. You know, right. So in that scenario, it's a one on one win. It's pretty. It's fun to look at, and it was a huge moment in the game. So that's the play of the week for me. Yeah, I I love it. I think it's a I think it's a great summary of him as a player i think it's a great summary of, of what he did in that game and, and what he's been going through for much of the season he's up to nine and a half sacks this year um just a just a stud i mean he's a, an absolute stud and the fact that teams legitimately have to give him two to three blockers just goes to show how different he is now they have to find a difference maker opposite of him we'll get to that in in, in the coming weeks um but first we got we got a preview the last game briefly. I don't think we need to go into crazy detail like you said. I mean, we just played this team two weeks ago. Um, We beat them for the division. And I don't know what we're going to see from our team as far as who's playing and who's not. 
Um, I would assume we were playing our starters just because that's the way Dan Campbell is. And conveniently, the NFL schedule came out. We have the one o'clock game while all the other teams waiting in the wings for the two seed or the playoffs like the Rams and the Packers and the Cowboys and the and, and all that. They're playing at 4 p.m. So conveniently, we either are damned if we do, damned if we don't, if we play our starters or not. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, the big thing with this game is just what are the Vikings doing at quarterback? Have they announced it yet? Is it going to be Jaron Hall? Is it going to be Nick Mullins? Somebody else? I mean, this team yeah. is lost. Maybe they go back to Dobbs for a week. You never know. Right. So we just don't know. But like last week, they were banged up. Jordan Addison was limited. Byron Murphy was out. Uh, uh, Jalen Naylor, Jaqueline uh, Roy, Brian O'Neill, Ivan Pace. They're, I mean, this team is banged up. Yeah, Hawkinson's yeah. done for the year. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's one of those where, I, personally, I think the Lions are going to come in. They're going to handle business. I think, I think the league maybe lit a fire under this team, which might not be a bad thing. I mean, yeah. I, I genuinely think the <laughs> yeah. Lions might st- they might start beating the shit out of people, phys- like literally off the bus. I, <laughs> so it's. I mean, I that's the one hope is that you know out of all this crap is uh you know they they get a big chip on their shoulder and i mean it's it's one of the things with with football specifically or or sports is there's nothing like trying to prove there's nothing like um having to prove to somebody who tells you you're you you're either not good enough or you can't do it so that kind of drive is something that i think coaches love to try to recreate but in this scenario you don't have to create anything it's there for you right so it's just a matter of it's a matter of um, what Campbell wants to do with it, and I think you know when he goes to the podium on Monday, I think it was Monday, and he talks about controlled fury. It's like that's perfect, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like in yeah. the moments when we're allowed to let this out, we're gonna, yep. and it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's just um, I think that we could be looking at, uh, you know, like we want the offense to come out of this week feeling good. So yeah. you want Goff to get, you know, let's let's say he plays a quarter or a quarter and a half and they score a couple times and he and he's feeling good. Like, all right, we're back in we're in rhythm where everything's good. Get out of there, right? And then yeah. you know, so so we just don't know who's going to play or how much. Um I wouldn't expect Gibbs or Montgomery to get a, a you know, a lot of touches in this one. I don't think Jameson Williams is going to play. I don't um, think Laporte is going to play. Yeah, it's just I mean even and if they do, I don't know how much, but um, so that that makes it tough to to kind of look at the preview, but we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that this is not a terrible scenario to be in uh, in week eighteen with really nothing to play. I know you're still you could be the two seed, but that's going to require Dallas losing and Philly losing. Yeah, um, I don't see that happening. So I think the Lions are your three seed. It's it's to be determined as to who they're going to play, but we just you know. Uh, it's not a go through the motions kind of a game. I think it, I think more of what it is is a get right kind of a game, and then get everybody out and just kind of enjoy almost um, you know the second half of just you know seeing guys who don't normally get a lot of minutes, seeing those guys yeah. get minutes and celebrating that and just kind of feeling that. So it'll be it's going to be a really cool uh, game to be a part. I I don't remember the last time the Lions. We're in a playoff position with nothing to play for, and had a had a, a you know a regular season game where they could just kind of ham it up a little bit. So, right, um, it'll be fun. It's gonna be interesting, an interesting game to watch for sure. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. I mean, you know, I, I 
I don't think the Vikings are getting in regardless of what happens. And I think they're hanging on by a thread. Um, they're seven and nine. Um, can they get in at eight and nine as a wild card? They're still in the hunt, but I, I think they're pretty much they're yeah. out of it. So like they could do the same thing. They could play a bunch of undrafted guys, a bunch of, you know, fifth and sixth round picks, see what, what, what is what and who's playing where. I mean, they, they're signing guys off the practice squad now. I just checked. So I think Detroit's going to do the same thing. Probably a heavy dosage of Broderick Martin. Um, heavy dosage of Colby Sorsdale. Maybe a little Antoine Green, Stephen Gilmore. Some players that we've talked about throughout the season. Like, why aren't we seeing them? We might see them here. And that gives yeah. them a little bit of a, a chance to see what it's all about. And do we see Hendon Hooker? I think that's the big question. Does he play at all? I mean, it's a fascinating uh, question. I don't know that he will. I would love to see it. I would but too. In that, um, it's a really. I'm glad you brought it up because it wasn't. I, I was. I wanted to talk about it. And forgot about it. Teddy needs reps. Like yep. what happens? You know what happens if you roll into the playoffs and for some crazy reason golf gets hurt. Yep. And you know Teddy hasn't taken a snap in months. It's like no Bridgewater needs some reps too. So yep. it's something that they they should be thinking about. Pre- like preparing. Hey, we're going to give him a full half. Just to yeah. sort of, you know, feel what it's like again. But right. I'd love to see Hendon Hooker. I just don't know that that's that's in the cards for Sunday. But I would love, I would love to see it. It'd be, yep. it'd be really, that'd be fun. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm really interested to see what he looks like in a Lions uniform. You know, no, I'm with Arms you. I think, it, I think it's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, number twos and number threes on the depth chart. And again, maybe we'll see a little Hendon Hooker in there. Craig Reynolds, Donovan Peoples Jones. These guys are are going to uh, get a heavy, heavy usage this weekend. Um, and, and look, the worst case scenario is that the Lions uh, are an 11-win football team. They're the three seed. They have a home playoff game. Home playoff game. They won the NFC North. That's the worst case scenario. Best case, yeah. they become the two seed somehow with a little bit of luck, or they're just a 12-win football team that won the North and still has a home playoff game. Like yep. they, The goals that we've talked about, the things that we've wanted to see, we saw this year. And it's been a great year. We've had a blast covering this team, yeah. doing this show. Um, and it's not over. The ride's not over. We're just getting started. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I hope we can do this for a couple more weeks. I'd love to talk about an NFC championship game between the 49ers. It'd be fun. Uh, yes, it would, but we'll see. I mean, we, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited for the weekend. I'm excited for, uh, to kind of get the final slate of games and see what it is. But if you guys want to talk more about this with us, you guys can find us on Twitter or X at Russ NFL draft at Bischoff underscore Scott. You can see it on the ticker below. Um, And of course, you can rate, review, and subscribe to Detroit Lions Podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms as I knock my desk over. But look, it's been great. Despite the loss in the salty way that it was against Brad Allen and the Dallas Cowboys, but it is what it is. Do you got anything else? the way you put that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It feels like that way at times. I'm sure other, you know, there's, Every city in the NFL feels this way at, at times, but it just, you know, it's always Detroit. It's frustrating um, that these things have happened. But, you know, like like we talked about, you know, if it lights a fire that maybe wasn't there before, in the end, it's a good thing. Yep. That's how I'm looking at it. Nope. I'm with you. We'll see what happens. Yep. But great show. 
Always appreciate everybody reaching out to us. Let us know in the comments how you feel about Brad Allen and the Dallas Cowboys. We know how we feel. We assume we know how you feel. Um, <laughs> and, and let us know what you think about potentially playing the Rams in the in the first round of the playoffs. A little terrifying, but we'll get into that next week right here on oh. Bischoff and Brown on the Detroit Lions podcast. Until then, take care. Let's bring it here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. <laughs> You've had enough of that shit.